tonight. He's worthy. Come on, he's a big God. He's a big God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hope, hope you guys were with us last weekend, you know, when Smithwick was here. And, 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 you know, before the weekend was over, we'd seen almost 100 people physically changed in their body and all kinds of great stuff going on. And, and you know, people that couldn't smell anymore that can't get within three feet of certain other individuals in the church now because they smell real good now. And, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. And, and salvations. And, and let me just tell you something. That's just the beginning. Amen. Do you, do you realize that God uh, didn't release healing in the room because Smithwick was here? He is the healer. And that's right in the middle of any, you know, anywhere. You can tap into that. You know, one of the things I love about John, and, you know, and we were blessed last Saturday night, had our pastors here and Sharkies and, and uh, just sharing with them and talking after the service. And uh, uh, just, you know, John's message is so deep. It's reading those scriptures and, okay, now just stand and receive your healing. You know, it's, it's cool. You know, I think, I think sometimes, you know, I was born in, uh, on a Wednesday. We were in church that night. I've been in church my entire life. By the time I was 12 years old, I'd been in church more times than most people be in an entire lifetime. We traveled, started traveling full-time at age 7. We had tent meetings. We did them all, all the place. We had one revival that lasted for an entire year, save one day. We took one day off in the middle. We had a Saturday night. We took it off. And most of the time, we had two services a day. And, you know, I've been in church a lot, and, and, and you know, and I like, there's things that appeal to, to me and that don't to other people. You know, we all have our preferences, but, you know, I've, I've seen all kinds of stuff. And, and uh, you know, what a lot of people would call very enthusiastic and very filled with hype. Sometimes that's kind of fun to be at, you know, a real electric service. But I just love the fact that when John's here, he just is so simple and and just and, and the thing of it is, is that you can have that anytime you want it. So if you ever need healing, just receive it. Amen? Just, just be a receiver. Right? 2 Corinthians 5.17, kind of the foundational scripture of our series so far this year, is if anyone is in Christ, he's new. If, if anyone's in Christ, if you're, if you're born again, if you're in Christ, the old things have passed away, and the fresh and new has come. You are new. And I tell you, if you get a revelation of that, I mean, really, if you get a real revelation of that truth, you're going to have to backslide to go to bed at night for at least a week. Because what the enemy's tried to use against you and hold over you, that don't have no power no more. You know, he's telling you about your past and the mistakes you've made and the stupid choices you've made and the words that you've said, the thoughts that you've thought. And the funny thing is he's right, but that's the old guy because now I'm the new guy. The, the fresh and new has come. Hello, fresh and new. Come on, you, you know, you got to be a believer. You got you to receive with full assurance, you know, right? full acceptance. Give God's word full acceptance in your life. And just say, hey, I'm new. And, you know, every once in a while, you're going to do some of the stuff that the old guy used to do. That's called a habit. God will empower you to break the habit the moment you begin to recognize, hey, that's that old guy. I'm not going to live that way no more. I'm not going to think those dumb thoughts no more. Right? I, I'm, I'm not going to live the low life. I'm going to go after the high life that Jesus has called me to. You know, uh, in the Amplified, one scripture says that if you hang on to it, the lower life, you miss out on it, the high life that God's called you to. God's called you to a higher life. To a, it, it's not a different lifestyle. The, you know, this God life thing, it's not, it's not just, uh, 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 it's not just a, an improvement to your lifestyle. 
that it's a, it's, a, it's a transformed lifestyle. It's a different lifestyle really altogether than the one you used to live. Not talking about the, the, the you know, religious hoops and regulations. I'm talking about the, the mindset. And, and, and if you can get this on the inside of you, man, I'm telling you, if you can get your spirit to, 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 to have the opportunity to be at the forefront of your life, well, all of a sudden, your, your body will start getting stronger. If you, if you can develop your inner man and, and get your spirit right, let me tell you, your finances will become healthy. You think you've got a finance problem. No, you've got a spiritual issue that you're dealing with. You know, if, if you can get your spirit uh, uh, healthy and strong, your relationships will become healthy and strong. Look at somebody and tell them, you, you need to get your spirit right. You know, the new life can begin when your spirit is new. But you you got to be, you, you, gotta be uh, uh, you know, willing to let God raise that new spirit up. And, and you got to let that old, that old mentality, that old mindset, those old feelings and emotions, man, you got to let those go. And you got to get new in Christ. Amen. Look at somebody close and say, hello, fresh and new. But it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's a spirit thing. You know, it, it's a, a lot of us are looking for changes to take place on the outside, but what has to happen is there's got to be some growth on the inside. You know, that's, that's why you got to be feeding on the Word of God. You don't, you know, uh, those movies that you go to and all of that stuff that you, you know, you're inundating your mind with all that stuff. And, and you know, maybe, uh, you know, it's just the last few days of the fast. We're going to fast through the 21st and then next Wednesday night, this Wednesday night on the 22nd, we're going to break the fast together with all kinds of chocolate and stuff. I knew I'd, I, that's the first amen I got from over there from that guy for a while. Okay, uh. But, but uh, what was I even talking about? Now all I can think about is cake. Just <laughs> like, <laughs> you got to get that spirit thriving. Maybe the last few days of the fast, you fast some of that other stuff that you, know, that, uh, that you participate in. Come on. Yeah, we, want you to, we want you to know real victory. It would not hurt you to turn the TV off for a few days. We ain't going to kill you. I don't know. Some of, you, some of you guys would rather do without food or water than to live without Facebook. You're, you're, you're tweeting people right now. Oh, my God, come pick me up. What you want to do, what you want to do is get that spirit thriving. Amen. And you've got it. You got it in you because God put it there. Uh, I, I want to look, uh, look at Genesis chapter one. I want to look at some stuff and just uh, kind of remind you and, and, uh, of what God did. And, you know, in verse nine, he's, God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Everybody say it was so need to know that when God's doing something, he just does it. He don't even ask for our opinion. So when God's doing something in you, it is so. That's, it's just so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called the seas, and God saw it, and he said, that's good. 
Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass and the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind. Everybody say, according to its kind. And whose seed is in itself. And we'll put those on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and the herb that yields seed according to its kind. And the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind. Say, according to its kind. You, you go through, you know, the, the, the creation story and you find over and over and over again that it's according to its kind. This is God's plan. This is how it works. God saw that it was good. It's according to their kind. So God put in the first tree, you know, the, uh, the ability to reproduce. Think about it. Inside the first tree put on the planet, there was a forest already. Inside everything, he said, you know what, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to give them seed. And in that seed's going to be the potential to produce more just like what we made. And everything that has that seed will produce according to its kind. So you got to look at the seed that's in your life and recognize that if you, you know, if you mix seed, you know, talk to the farmer and you find out that if you mix seed, you destroy the potential of all the seed. But if, if you get a, an overabundance of one kind of seed, that's the seed that will produce fruit and that fruit will begin to overwhelm, you know, the vineyard. You, that, that'll be your garden. So what are you putting in your life? If you're putting, uh, you know, the, Jesus said the sower sows the seed and the seed is the word of God. And if you'll get your life filled with the word of God, you'll have that seed and that seed will begin to produce after its own kind. Now check this out. God is omnipotent. Right? Some of you are like, that's a big word. It's not that big because I just said it. God is omnipotent, omnipotent. Omni simply means all potent potential. So God has all the potential. And then he put potential in every seed that he put on the earth. Inside, matter of fact, you're not just going to be accountable to God for what you possess, but you're going to be accountable to God for the potential that's locked inside the seed of what you possess. When, 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 when God's looking at you, he's not just looking at what's in your hand, he's looking at, at what's locked inside what he's placed in your hand. And, and he knows that he's given you the ability to, to produce after its own kind. Every seed he's given you, it can reproduce after its own kind. So you've got the ability to reproduce the same, and God's putting you the potential to be fruitful. This is God's design. How do we become fruitful? Well, intimacy is required for reproduction. If you, if you got little kids in here, you should have left them in children's church, okay? Uh, intimacy is required for reproduction. Everything that becomes intimate reproduces. Now, God made man in his image and in his likeness. That's, that spirit seed came from God. And the first words God spoke to mankind was to be fruitful. He looked at Adam and Eve and said, go reproduce. Shelby and I took that seriously. We're glad we did. Most of the time. 
be fruitful. God empowered man to take what God had given him and multiply it. Your gifts, your nature, your spirit, listen to me tonight, it's all transferable. I want to say that again. Your gifts, your nature, your spirit, it's all reproducible. That's why relational decisions are the most important decisions you'll ever make in life. Relational decisions are the most important decisions you'll ever make in life. Generational transference takes place because that's God's plan. The enemy weasels his way into our relationships in, a, in an attempt, really, to stop generational blessing. Everybody in the church wants to talk about generational curses. Let me tell you about generational blessings. Now, I understand that the enemy is effective. And think about it, 97% of abuse is repeated, is seen again. But Jesus came back to break the negative process and to reinitiate the positive side of it. Malachi prophesied the heart of the fathers is going to be brought back to the children and the children back to the heart of their fathers. We, we need to accept with full acceptance God's word. And God said, you're going to have the ability to reproduce after your own kind. The seed that you've got, if you've got my word in your mouth. Didn't he say, my word shall not return unto me void without accomplishing the very purpose for which I sent it forth? Well, God's word's not going not gonna to come back empty. So what we ought to do, if we really believe that, we ought to be loaded more with the word of God than with any other seed in our life. Hello, somebody. Uh, look at this in, in Malachi chapter 2. And I, I, just, I just want you to understand that really, because we're going to talk about relationships for a couple of minutes, and relationships, uh, 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 the health of your relationship, don't, don't think of it as relational. Think of it as spiritual. If I get my spirit healthy, my relationships will get healthy. Why? Well, because that's going to reproduce after its own kind. Malachi 2.15, has not the one God made you, you belong to him in body and spirit. Say body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. So be on your guard in your spirit and don't break faith or don't be unfaithful with the wife of your youth. He's talking here uh, about the husband-wife relationship. Listen, guard yourself in your spirit and don't be unfaithful. It's all spiritual. God's looking at us saying, take heed to your spirit. Relationships are spiritual. I want you to look at somebody close and tell them relationships are spiritual. Think about it. Relationships have lasting influence. Don't focus on the generational curse, but focus on the blessing that God's wanting to reproduce, not only in you, but through you, and into everybody you come into relationship with. Relational choices are critical. Hello, somebody. You know, Proverbs says something about, uh, just like a mirror reflects your face, the friends reflect the true, the real person that you are. Why? Because relationships 
are critical. Are you headed somewhere special in life? Well, you're going to have to have some relationships to get there. You're not going to get anywhere other than where you're at unless you have some other relationships. They're critical. So tonight, I'm just going to ask three relational questions. We're going to talk about it for a minute. And the first one is this, am I nurturing the important ones? There are some relationships that you currently possess that are vital to your future. God said, you know, I, I know what I've been thinking about you. I know the plans I have to prosper you. They're plans not to hurt you, but to increase you, to give you hope, and to give you future. And in the plan for your future, God inserted relationships, seeds of relationships. Think about the first one that a believer has. It's with Jesus Christ. You can't have a God future without that first relationship. you got to have Jesus. You just don't get all of the fruit from the garden unless you plant the seed. And the seed is in Christ. We start there and we build on it. And, and, and can I just tell you something? You have to take care of and nurture the relationships. Relationships do not stay where you left them. If, if you don't take care of it, it's going to dwindle and die. Why? Because it needs to be given life. And the enemy is always working against the good ones. Why is it so, How many times have I heard people say, it's easier to get along with people outside of the church than it is in? Duh! Because the godly relationship is being challenged on a daily basis by a lying devil. And your expectation level is a little bit higher from a believer than it is from a drunk. Come on, you're hanging out at the bar. You don't expect nothing from those people. But you come to a church and you expect them to be there when you move. And nobody likes to move. Get your bar friends to help you. You can't even find them. Well, think about it. The enemy's always working on the good relationships. So you've got to take care of them. Look at Proverbs 12, 26. The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. You know, I'm going to challenge you tonight. What kind of advice, not are you receiving, what kind of advice are you giving? Come on, let's, let's, be, let's be godly friends. And sometimes that means getting a backbone. Don't, don't shout me down just because I'm preaching good. Sometimes you need to look at your friends and say, what are you thinking? Hello? Oh, you don't need to be over there doing that. Well, well are, are you talking about religious rules again? No, I'm talking about people that don't have the strength to deal with certain issues, and they're trying to deal with those issues, and it's going to kill their spirit. You need to nurture the good ones, the, the important ones. If you don't spend time with God daily, your relationship's going to deteriorate. Amen? You know, think about it. You, you know, if you take the kids to Disneyland once a year, and that's your investment, uh, you won't really be needed deeply by your kids. That's all you're going to do. You know, come on. Take them hunting, and you won't be hunting for your kids. Make an investment in your kids. Well, I bring them to church. I'm happy, but do you actually just 
sit silently in the car, throw them out in the front, and pick them up when they're done? Or do you go to worship with them? You can't kiss your wife, guys, once a month and have a hot relationship. Hello? I mean, every now and then, you just got to call her up. Get her in the room. Say, come on, come over here. Come get some of this. Come on. I know you want it. Hmm? Come on now. Come on, babe. Come on. Come here. Come here for a minute. Really, come here. I know, I know you want it. Come here. Come here. Mm-hmm. Woo! Now, if I do that next month, we're going to be okay. No. You got to have a little bit more than a sermon illustration in your life. And some of you guys, the only time you're affectionate towards your wife is when there's a crowd around. Oh, the mood shifted. You see how fast, Todd? You see how fast the... Everybody, <laughs> what he say? <laughs> Nurture. The important one. Some of you guys have invested more romance in an outside relationship than in the one that you're supposed to be guarding and protecting and watering. That's actually called adultery. And we don't hang with practicing adulterers. Oh, he's gone and gotten pastoral tonight. Well, I just think it's weird that if you have relationships, any relationship, let let me just tell you something. The, The best thing I can do for my boys is love their mother. The best thing I can do for this church is love that woman. Hello? The best thing you could do for your life, your family, and your future is to love the wife of your youth or the husband that God's given you. And if you're investing in any other relationship, and I don't even care if it's just on TV. Well, because, you know, I know some people who freak out if the cable's off. What are we going to do? We'll talk to each other. Spend some time together. Make your own Friday night lights. You hear that song, uh, Throw Another Log on the Fire? Have you heard that? Throw another log on the fire. Bake me up some bacon and some beans. Go out to the car, lift it up, change the tire. Mend my socks and sew my old blue jeans. Come on, baby, you can fetch my pipe and then go get my slippers. Then boil me up another pot of tea. Then throw another log on the fire, babe, and come and tell me why you're leaving me. Uh, you either know what to do and you refuse to do it, or you don't know Jack. If you're not investing in the relationships that matter, and you know you should, you're an idiot. Yeah, but everything's going really good. and Not for long. Let me give some advice to my friends. The godly give good advice to their friends. Nurture the vital relationships. Amen? 
Number two, am I severing the harmful ones? Am I nurturing the important ones? Am I severing the harmful ones? Look at Proverbs 18, 24. There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. And I like how the NLT puts it. There are friends who destroy each other. If you've got people in your life that are destroying your spirit, get them out of your life. Well, that's, that's, not, that's not nice. No, it's smart. And some of your friends aren't friends. I don't know why you look at me like that. They, they use words and they speak negativity and they rob the life out of your environment. Proverbs 11, 9. With their words, the godless destroy their friends. But knowledge will rescue the righteous. Let me share some knowledge with you. Anybody who speaks evil against Shelby is what I call G1. Spell one, O-N-E. Now put the G in front of it. Gone. Now, I don't mean out of my life. I mean out of this earth. Talk, talk crap about one of our leaders to me and see how long it goes. Why? Because you're, you're not, that's, it's just not going to be acceptable. Hello, somebody. You've got, you've got coworkers you can't afford to be intimate with. Why? Because they re- reproduce after their own kind. You know, uh, you young guys, you need to stay away from people who are walking contrary to God. Well, the Christians aren't cool. Well, you've just been hanging out with a bunch of nerdy ones. Find some cool ones. (laughs) Start your own club. And how come the cool Christians don't want to be with you? Could be you're the nerdy one. You single people, you need to walk around with a sign around your neck that says, can't touch this. <laughs> you need to keep yourself pure. I said, you need to keep yourself pure. I'm, tell- I'm giving you words of life tonight. The relational decisions you make are the most important ones you'll ever make. And even if their stupid joke is funny, don't laugh at it. Remove yourself from that environment. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Evil communications corrupts good behavior. The wrong relationship will destroy your future. I said the wrong relationship will destroy your future. Proverbs 20 verse 6 says, Many will say they are loyal friends, but it's hard to find one who really is. Everybody says that they're going to be your friends. Listen, relationships are spiritual. And if the relationship isn't, if it ain't got the right seed, it's not going to produce the right fruit. I don't care how hard you work at trying to fix something that ain't right. It still ain't right. Hello, somebody. And I want to speak to you parents. Get a stinking backbone and weigh in. You know, if you're not careful, you're going to have just a holidays with that little creep. Come on, teach him to be, teach him to be godly and respectful. 
Come on. Get involved in your kid's world. You ought to know who his friends are. And as hard as you try, they're still going to pull some stuff off on you. <laughs> Choke them out for Jesus. Be their friend on Facebook. And watch everything they post. And talk to them when it's getting a little crazy. Don't ignore it. Sit them down and say, just explain that to me. I just need to, I just need to understand it because it sounds like you're going to hell or something. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Kids, that place in your heart, that special place, give that to your parents. Give it to your parents. Oh, my parents don't understand me. You don't understand them. And if you're in your teen years, nobody understands you. <laughs> Give that place to your parents. Because I'll tell you something. You know, you know what's really weird? And I think most people would agree with me. But, the, you know, I had some great friends in high school that can't remember my name. But my mom and, you know, my, my mom can't even get away from me. Give that special place to your mama, to your dad. Don't hide it from them. Because those people that you're working so hard to impress down deep, you don't even like them. But the family you got, they're always going to be there. I've got to get to the last one. Number three, am I initiating needful ones? Look at Proverbs 11.30. Seeds of good deeds become a tree of life, and a wise person wins friends. Fifty-seven times in your Bible it says one another, bless one another, pray for one another, encourage one another. You can't do God life without another. So you need the right people in your life. You know, a lot of times we, we get involved in church life and it becomes too much church life, you know, like church, where we just swing in, do a service, swing out, go do our thing. You know what? If, if God's adding to the church daily as he wills, if he's building the house, if he's bringing and gathering our lives together, it's because we need each other. There's, there's giftings in you that people in the room need and there's people in the room that you desperately need in your life. So what you have to do is be willing to initiate needed relationships in your life. You know, so here in a couple of weeks when the semester for Grow Groups launches, get in one. Stay around long enough to get over the awkward part of it. It's always awkward, isn't it, when you start a new relationship? When, and that's, that's kind of what Jesus and his disciples were working through. When, when, you remember when he came in and he was washing their feet? And, and Peter's like, man, you ain't ever going to wash my feet. And Peter said, if I can't wash your feet, you ain't going to have nothing to do with me. And, and, and basically he said, you know, sit down here. I'm going to dig around between your toes for a while and find out where you've been. 
And, 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 and if we can't have that kind of intimacy, we're not going to have this, this strength that's going to be required by the relationship that God's building in us. So you're going to have to be willing to get over that awkward moment. You know, so jump in, you know, shop the home groups and shop our grow groups and, 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 you know, find one. It doesn't have to be another mini church service. I'm hoping that very few are like that. But get connected with people so you can get healed. So you, so you can deal with your stuff and so that you can grow. Why? Because it's critical to your survival. You need a spiritual friend. I've never met anybody that couldn't use one more somebody who could really pray for them. So go after it and initiate a spiritual relationship. Can I just say this in closing? God never wanted to be just your God. He wants to be your friend. He he, he wants a relationship with each of us that is beyond a church service or a slow song. He just wants to be your friend. Are you initiating that relationship? You know what I want you to do right now? I want you to close your books and bow your heads and we're going to pray. And I want to give everybody in this room an opportunity to